everyone, and welcome to Real Estate Right Now, where we talk about real estate matters that matter to you. My name is Jay Izzo, and we are here live from Linda Crafting Studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, part of the Greater Research Triangle Park. Today's show is about closing statements on your home, and you go, what? Yeah, you know, when you get ready to close your home, uh, there is going to be a statement, a disclosure statement, we call it a closure disclosure statement now. That is going to say, you know, there's monies here and there, and this is where the money's going, and this is where money's supposed to be. And we're going to talk about that today because a lot of people don't understand what is on the closing disclosure. So today, my guest comes back and returns like Superman or one of your favorite superheroes to help us understand the closing statement. Chris Coy, senior uh, loan officer with Town Bank Mortgage. Thanks for coming in, Chris. Good morning, Jay. Good morning. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. So let's. Um, we're, what we're going to do is we're going to do something we've never done on this show before. We are actually going to pull up the statements. And then we're going to have Chris start talking about it. So as I'm doing that, Chris, why don't you kind of help us um, understand the closing statement? And and because there's been some changes in the disclosure, because I think we used to call it a HUD. Yeah. Right. And there's, it's had other names. So help us understand that some of that transition. Absolutely. So um, today we're going to go pretty deep into numbers, like real numbers. So just to give everybody an idea of what we're actually talking about here, um, you did a great job of explaining we're going to the document that'll be used at the closing. And um, through the loan process, there's a couple of documents. Early in the loan, um, when you go under contract on a house and first apply for your loan, you get, uh, originally years ago, you used to get a good faith estimate. And then after the Dodd-Frank era, uh, that tr- that turned into a lending estimate. Mm-hmm. And then during the loan process, as you're in underwriting and processing, they're working on things. And as you come up on the closing, when all of the numbers are reconciled and accurate, when the invoices from the service providers you used are all in and everything's reconciled, they have to get you um, what used to be called the HUD settlement statement. And it was a housing and urban development settlement statement. Um, that was replaced during the Dodd-Frank era, what, what is now called the closing disclosure. That document is required to be out on most transactions um, a minimum of three business days before the closing. So this document that we're going to talk about today, the closing disclosure, um, used to be referred to as a HUD. And most closing attorneys um, still use a similar document you may see at the closing called the ALTA-1. So their ALTA statement. And this document, the point of this document is, it's one of the three important documents you'll see at the closing that really show you what's going on in the transaction. The first important document at the closing would be the deed of trust that shows that the house is being used as collateral on the loan. The other important document um, that you sign at the closing is called the note. The note defines the specific terms of the loan you're getting, the amount you're getting, the amount your payment is, the interest rate, how long you're paying it for. That's all defined in the note. And then the third important document is the closing disclosure. And that closing disclosure is going to literally show you where every single penny of the loan goes, whether it's going to the seller, whether it's going to a service provider, whether it's coming from the buyer, anybody involved in the transaction that money is going to or from will be listed on on the closing disclosure. Okay. Well, we've pulled up a um, sample closing disclosure and the house that we've pulled up here 
um, in in this soil disclosure. What is it? Was it 170? Is yep. It- so um, I believe the one we have right here. Sorry about that. So this, um, the first example we're using here today, this is um, page one of the closing disclosure. And the top of this is basically going to talk about the basics of the loan, how much you're borrowing, whether it's a purchase transaction or a refinance transaction. It's going to go through the total principle of the loan. It'll talk about um, interest payments over a period of time. It'll talk about um, how much you're bringing towards the closing and both uh, closing costs and down payment, um, any types of deposits, all that stuff will be in this. And on this first page, it's going just through some of the basics, talking about the type of loan, um, some of the um, instruments used throughout of it. Some. Uh, so we've got, we've got, now, okay, before we get too much deeper in this, is, is, Every state similar, or is there some differences? Great, great question. So the documents are going to be pretty, pretty similar in most okay. states. What you're going to see different in some states are different fees, um, timing of when taxes are due. An example would be in Virginia. A lot of um, areas of Virginia may be counties; they may not be counties. Uh, um, got it. So there's different municipalities and different types of things that need to be paid and the timing of when they're paid. So North Carolina um, tends to be one of the cheapest states in the country to close a mortgage loan. We don't have a lot of extra um, junk fees or extra things that are going to the state. It's it's pretty economical. In fact, the closing costs in North Carolina are probably only about two-thirds to probably closer probably close to two thirds of what they would be in Virginia on a home purchase about the same price. Got it. So, all right. So we have, uh, you have, we have after the very beginning, you've got some things up here. Um, it looks like it says comparisons in five years, annual percentage rate, total interest percentage. Um, what are we, what, what is the seller or the buyer? What is the buyer looking at here in terms of this? Uh, what does that mean? So what this is basically saying is you you understand you're borrowing money on the house and you're paying interest on it. The purpose of this page is really just to get people to understand that borrowing money has a cost. And in addition to paying back the amount that you went under contract to buy the house for, you're going to pay an amount of interest on top of that. And the real point of this page is really just to blatantly show you that. And that's kind of what you're seeing in front of you right here. Um, it talks about the amount you're borrowing, talks about some different amounts. And this is actually the, the first page. This is page. Yeah. page one. I went yeah. to page three. Yeah. So let's go page one here. Okay, yep. so we got the loan terms. It's 403750 um, And then it, there's this thing that says, can this amount increase after closing? And you have no. I mean, is it possible that something can increase after closing? That an amount can increase after closing? In, in some transactions, most of them, no. I'm actually going to go up a little little further. So okay. if we go up in the, the top right-hand portion of this, okay. there's a lot of um, information in Great. there. Great. Okay, let's start there. This is actually going to tell you the term of the loan. Like in this situation, it's talking about a 30-year amortization. Apologize. I need my glass a little yeah. bit here. So this is talking about the basics of the loan. This is showing that it's a 30-year mortgage, meaning the amortization is based on the 30 years. Uh, it's a purchase, meaning it's not a refinance. It's to acquire a home. Uh, the interest 
rate on this is going to be a fixed rate through the life of the loan, as well as the type of the loan. This loan is going to be underwritten to conventional or conforming loan guidelines. Um, in addition to that, it goes down to say, has the loan been locked already? Is the interest rate formally locked or is it still floating? So these are just some basics that you, you get in the upper right-hand corner. Now, if this was actually at the closing, clearly the loan would already be locked at this point. But right. this is just a, an example um, okay. that just hasn't gone through that phase yet. In this situation, going down to the next um, area, this is really a good area. It just tells you the basics. This shows right above that um, 403. Yeah, you see that 475. Mm -hmm. That goes in and shows what the actual sale price is. Most of the numbers are going to be based off of that sales price through um, the next couple of pages. So in this situation, it's a $403,000 loan amount um, that they're getting here based on a $475,000 purchase price. So in this situation, I think that um, if I recall, that that's actually 82% loan to value. It's a slightly larger loan than the um, putting 20% down. And they actually chose that on purpose in this um, situation. So this particular loan is a $403,750 principal amount borrowed on the mortgage loan. And over to the right-hand side, it just has some um, clarifications. Can the amount increase after closing? And uh, this particular loan we're looking at is a 30-year fixed uh, rate mortgage. So none of the terms can change in this. And, and that's why it goes on to say no. So if, if this was um, an adjustable rate mortgage or potentially an option arm or some unique other type of financing, the financing could change after closing this situation. Um, clearly, that's not the case. So then these are pretty easy. This is my interest rate. Mm -hmm. it's, I, I, I borrowed correct. the money at 7.5%. That's correct. This is going to be my monthly principal and interest payment of $2,823.08. Yep. So that's what I'm going to pay, right? Um, so projected payment schedule. Uh, principal and interest is going to be uh, $2,823.08. Okay, mm -hmm. that's fine. So that's going to match the number that you saw above right. as the principal and interest payment right there. That's and then correct. I got mortgage insurance of $40. That's correct. So remember, I mentioned this loan is an 82% loan-to-value loan. Right. So there's a small mortgage um, insurance premium okay. payment that's added to the monthly payment on this. In addition to that, that next line is going to be a combination of um, the the taxes and the insurance. So that's the escrow, estimated escrow. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have a little confusion, especially first-time home buyers, when they hear escrow why am I getting money escrow? What? Why is that happening? Yep. So um, a lot. Of, it is generally one of the most confusing pieces, particularly to a new home buyer, because um, later in this document, and they don't. Well, they kind of do it um, on this page, but um, later in the document, you'll see that the mortgage payment includes one twelfth of annual taxes plus one twelfth of a whole year's homeowner's insurance premium. So the monthly payment includes both taxes and insurance. But later in the document, you'll see where you're funding a significant amount of money into the escrow account. Mm. And it would look at first appearance that you're paying, why am I paying for the insurance and taxes in my payment? But wait a minute. Why am I also paying for the taxes and insurance in full? And it it just seems like you're 
overpaying for something, paying twice for it. And it's a bit of a, a confusing or hard concept to follow. But what's happening day one of the mortgage, when it goes into effect, the home needs to have insurance on the house from the second you own the house. Sure. And insurance is paid in advance. So you pay insurance policy in advance for the year in, ahead of you, but certain other types of bills you get, you pay in the rears behind you. So in this situation, what you're doing, and we'll get to this on the, the second and third page, but you'll be funding a whole year's homeowner's insurance premium upfront and any taxes that are due on the property at the time the property transfers from one owner to another. So what we're looking at in front of us right now talks about the monthly payment and every payment that the borrower makes will have the principal and interest, which is the 2233. And then and then we've got it, but then we've got this estimated total monthly payment that goes to 3383. That's correct. And that is the actual mortgage payment okay. that the borrower is going to be making because that includes taxes, insurance, and that $40 mortgage insurance premium. Got it. So what's going on here is your payment is including one twelfth of the taxes and one twelfth of the insurance going forward. So after you have this loan for 12 payments, you've now contributed in that escrow account 12 twelfths, 12 payments at a twelfth of the time. A whole year's taxes now and a whole year's insurance will go into the escrow account. So one year from when you bought the house, you're now going to have in this account a whole year's taxes and a whole year's insurance. And that account will pay out the taxes and the insurance to your insurance company and your municipality will get the taxes. And then when you make the first payment of the second year, you're now funding that escrow account again. So it works in perpetuity i would yeah for the 30 years exactly uh, unless you pay down the loan that's right so that's how your taxes and insurance are paid every year but what's a little bit confusing for everybody is on the next couple pages you'll see where you're also funding a bunch of money into that escrow account and the reason for that is it needs enough money in there on day one the day you take possession Mm -hmm. of the house to literally send out checks day one for the new insurance policy right as well as any taxes that are owed at the time of transfer so if you buy a house in the middle of the year um at the time the house transfers you're still going to have to make sure the county's gotten all of the taxes for that year not actually half of it all of the taxes for that year so later in the statement you'll see where um there's going to be a situation where the seller is going to be crediting you for taxes for the period of time they own the house and you're going to be funding a whole year of taxes to the uh, municipality so it it all ends up being net net zero on that but it is confusing to um, especially to a new home buyer absolutely all right so at the bottom of the page we have costs at closing estimated closing costs and estimated cash to close so the estimated closing costs are ten thousand two hundred sixty eight dollars so it 
it would appear that way on the surface. So you'll see a little breakdown of that at in the next the, page. Uh, in in the sentence that yeah, follows yeah, the does. number, it includes so, four thousand nine hundred forty-one dollars in loan costs. That's correct. What is what is that? So your quote-unquote estimated closing costs in this situation are ten thousand two hundred and eight dollars. Sixty-eight dollars. Sixty-eight dollars. Apologize, my. Glasses aren't on. Um, so that is not your your actual closing costs in this situation. Only just over four thousand of the ten thousand dollars are actual closing costs. Okay. So right around you know thirty five hundred to four thousand are normal closing costs on a roughly five hundred five hundred and fifty thousand dollar purchase in most of the areas of North Carolina, and that. You know, most attorneys in the North Carolina area are roughly a thousand dollars. An appraisal's roughly five hundred to seven hundred dollars. Um, a, a home inspection is roughly five hundred dollars. The lenders' fees are roughly fifteen hundred dollars in fees, um, recording fees, and other um, transfer taxes and stuff like that. Some of those are actual real costs that you would incur even if you weren't getting a loan on the house. So an example would be someone could buy a a house. Let's just use round numbers and say the house is $100,000. Well, if you would need more than $100,000 to buy a $100,000 house in the state of North Carolina. So you would need the $100,000 to give to the seller for the house. But in North Carolina, it's required by law that that transaction is oversaw by a, by an attorney mm-hmm. and um, the title search and certain parts of the transaction have to be officiated by a, a registered lawyer in, in North Carolina. So um, those fee the, the attorney's fees plus um, the lending's fees and, and all the other fees in it would need to be paid in addition to the hundred thousand for the house, you would need roughly, even if you weren't getting a loan, you would need roughly a thousand dollars for the attorney. If you wanted to make sure the house was worth the hundred thousand you were paying for it, even if you weren't getting a loan, you very well may still be getting an appraisal cost, right? That's roughly 500 unless you probably an inspection cost an inspection cost. that's exactly right you're likely to be getting homeowners insurance on the house unless you're self-insuring it which means literally have enough money that if it burns down or blows away you just literally buy another one that's really what self-insurance means so um in a situation where someone's not getting a loan and just paying cash for a house, you still have closing costs. You still have a fair amount of cash you have to come up with to acquire real property in the state of North Carolina. Got it. So that that portion of $4,000 are the actual closing costs that it took to transfer the property into your name. The additional piece where it talks about the, the, the 5,327 in other costs, in other costs, that's funding of the escrow account that we're talking about. That's, Uh, that's essentially going to be a full year's roughly, depending on the time of the year, a full year's taxes, right? A full year's homeowner's insurance premium, right? And likely a couple extra months of each Mm. as a buffer. Great question. Immediately. Everybody says, why would you need extra in there? Well, The truth is, if you were to close on this loan right here in the month of February, 
you would not have a mortgage payment in February. In fact, you would not have a mortgage payment on March 1st. In fact, the first payment on a mortgage, most mortgages that would close in the month of February, isn't going to be until April 1st. So you now did not make a February or a March payment. So you did not contribute to your escrow account. Mm. So there's two months that the escrow account didn't have any money coming in. So it would essentially be a year from the time you take possession of the house, the escrow account technically would be short the amount of money needed to repay the insurance, particularly if the check had to be sent out in advance of the actual closing date, right? Right. In less than a year, it would be short. So that 5,000 is, is not a fee at all you're paying. It's money that is going to be owed that that's due up front that needs to be paid in advance. Um, so it's not a fee. It's just timing of money that is cost of ownership of the house. That's awesome. That is so cool. Good for you. Good for you. Now, here's the thing I just noticed um, here on this, because we have an estimated cash to close. But here's what I just noticed on this whole, on, as we're doing this whole thing. Um, we're getting right down close to the end of time. And we've only done page one. And, and, and which, which means... That we're probably going to have to bring you back <laughs> for page two and page three. What if the people that are going to do that need to know what's on page two and three and their closes are coming up? Well, then what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to contact you until we can get to page two and page three. Because it really is a lot of information. And it really can be confusing. And they do need help. And, and sadly... My show is only allowed to be 30 minutes long on TV. Understood. And so um, we're going to have to come back. I'm good with that. And we're going to have to do page two and three <laughs> on, on, a, on, a, on, the, on the next episode. So, I apologize for No, 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 no. It's, it's really good because people really want to know. People need to know. And so we're going to do that. So, it, okay, folks, you only got to page one. We're going to do, we're going to do it. And we're going to do another episode, page two and three. Um, but Chris, let's say people want to go, hold it here. You've got me in suspense, Chris. You, 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 you've taken me through this kind of like, you know, John Wick chapter one. We got to see John two and three. So it's kind of like, okay, well, Chris, I got to know what's going on in, in pages two and three. So say they want to talk to you and go, hey, I need to understand this a little bit better. Yeah. How do they get a hold of you? So they can just give me a call. Um, the easiest way to reach me uh, by phone. My number is 919-306. 8895. Uh, once again, my name is Christopher Coy with Town Bank, and that phone number is 919-306-8895. You can also email me at my first initial and last name. That's C-C-O-Y at townbank.com. Town is T-O-W-N-E-B-A-N-K.com. So townbank.com. And I'm happy to help you out. Thank you so much. Folks, it's a show. You know what I say to you every week? <laughs> first of all, We've got more pages to do. Uh, here's what I say to you every week, right? You know what? You had a lot of choices. You chose us. Thank you for doing that. We're really grateful that you do that. Uh, give us a thumbs up on YouTube, wherever you're listening on a podcast. Hey, give us a five-star positive review. That would be fantastic. Uh, also, you know what? Viewers on DBTV, thank you for watching us. Let, let, let them know that you like the show and you're enjoying the show as well. Uh, we'll be back next week. Um, maybe even with Chris again. Uh, and we're doing this again. Um, but you know I say to you all the world, and that is this. Ciao, everybody. I want it all. Yeah, I want it all.
Living if you're dreaming small